1: Three, two, one, and we're back, Julie. Welcome to January the twelfth.
2: Yes, indeed, January the twelfth. So we are going to have an interesting podcast for you guys, where we're making sure that you are so set for 2021, you have no excuses. You've done all of the things that we ramped you into at the end of uh, you know at the end of last year in December fourth quarter, but this is kind of like your last chance to really have it in gear to launch yourself into this year, because after all, we're about halfway through January. The first month. The first yep. month of In case the you first forgot. quarter. You know, yeah. so, I mean, it seems like... It doesn't seem like two weeks in.
1: And as we promised, this year was going to start out like last year ended with a lot of, you know, essentially activity. There was going to be no reprieve, no time to ramp up your business going into the new year. And if you've not completed your real estate treasure map, if you've not completed your fill in the blank business plan, it's very simple. All you have to do, got it, Julie. All you have to do is text 2021 to 855-685-1045. Just text 8, I'm sorry, text 2021, um, the year to 855 855- And we'll text you back a link. You just click on the link and it's going to take you to um, a secret page that then allows you to download the real estate treasure map, uh, think and grow rich for real estate, your 12 monthly generation guide, pretty much all the things that you guys are looking for right now. We've already deciphered and decoded and all you've got to do is read what we wrote um, and we update these books usually once a year. Treasure map, we're updating now, just for the record. So, in any event, go and download all those things now. Text 2021 to 855 685 1045. And that, for most of you, is going to answer pretty much all the questions that you're looking for with regards to direction that you need for uh, this year and for your real estate business and, frankly, your personal life. So, go ahead and text 2021 to 855 685 1045. So, I want to talk about something. Yes. Before we get into it. Mm -hmm. And I promise it won't be weird. Quit looking at me like that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right, so I've discovered this Clubhouse app over the weekend. I'm not going to talk about it a lot. If you guys could see Julie's face right now, she's sneering at me and shaking her head because she's sick of the Clubhouse app because I was spending so much time listening to it and trying to understand, trying to learn it. And what I was doing is I was, frankly, I think it's going to be a very, uh, it's, I bet it's going to be the hottest thing as far as um, you know social networking since maybe even Instagram. The Clubhouse app is really incredible. It's in uh, beta, so you have to in you know be invite only, and it's only available for iPhone right now. Uh, just go to like um, go to YouTube and watch a video about how it works. It's essentially ongoing conversations that are audio-based it's not textual there's no images it's essentially like old school am radio where you're hearing like maybe a bunch of hosts talk about something but you can then participate in the conversation
2: but it does tell you a topic right oh yeah, yeah. yeah it has a topic a title but,
1: but the cool thing is is you can start your own topic yeah so you could start your own topic and whatever you wanted to talk uh uh, do it on and then you the system and i was that's the part that that's the reason i was uh spending so much time on it, i was trying to learn it but the system is very intuitive and inviting guests that also would have an interest in whatever your topic was you know because you're putting keywords into sure. whatever your topic is but the whole thing was i th- just it's really a cool technology because what it's doing it's allowing people to talk in real time about the things that are essentially affecting the real estate businesses they there Um, we have exposure to that through our Mm -hmm. coaching clients right yes so now what this Clubhouse app will do especially since there's a ton of real estate people that are on the Clubhouse app um, they're then having exposure to what's going on in other markets across the country and I'm sure well I was listening to some guy in England yesterday talk about you know estate agents it's what's happening over there so all these I'll tell you something interesting I learned yesterday actually Mm -hmm. listening to a Clubhouse uh, um, Mm -hmm. you know a room there so the fastest growing real estate brokerage in the UK Uh, has been up until last year, late last year. Yeah, you Mm -hmm. know what I'm about to tell you. It's Mm -hmm. crazy. It's been a company called Purple Bricks. Yes. Remember Purple Bricks? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We've written Mm -hmm. about them on our website, timandjulieharris.com. So – uh, Purple bricks as you know break, broken all records for adding you know estate agents and all the rest of it. Well, now they've already been surpassed in something like eight months by Exp Realty. So Exp Realty opened in England and now they're adding agents and have added agents faster than the fastest growing company in the history of England. That's, that's incredible crazy. to me. Mm-hmm. And they've, they're opening up. I mean, they just opened up. Uh, Exp opened up in Puerto Rico. They're opening up in France. They opened up in I, I don't even remember all the countries. Portugal, mm-hmm. India. Uh, just global, this it, the expansion of EXP Realty is something that you need to be paying attention to, listeners, and you need to consider whether or not uh, you should be involved and become an EXP Realty agent yourselves. Now, our podcast is not obviously about any particular real estate company. We're you know generally speaking non-denominational, but the fact is is that Julie's an EXP Realty agent, and if you're interested in joining. Um, our EXP Realty group just text. Um, you know, just text me directly on my cell phone. It's 758 five one two seven five eight zero two zero six. But really, when you're looking at essentially big trends, macro trends, global macro trends, EXP Realty is the biggest one we've ever seen before. So, it, with that in mind, this uh, the, you know obviously the pod, the podcast produces content. We're creating content that's relevant to every single agent on uh, planet Earth because this all drills back down to real practical, tactical, daily productivity stuff with a heavy dose of mindset and motivation and education along the way. And today's podcast, Julie wrote, and it's the seven P's for 2021. So these are the seven P's that you need to be most tuned into for 2021. Listen to this podcast, share it with other people, and we're going to give you homework at the end of today's uh, podcast.
2: Yes. So the seven P's refers to a saying that you should all adopt and maybe put on your whiteboards or on your screensaver. And it goes like this, proper previous planning prevents pitifully poor performance. Proper previous planning prevents pitifully poor performance. That's originally a military saying. Mm-hmm.
0: I think with, it's from the with Marines.
2: one word, uh, poor performance, or pitifully is replaced with something
1: else. Oh, piss poor? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: I cleaned it up a little bit. All right. So these seven things are to make sure that you are really prepared. And, and I know that some of our listeners probably can check off this whole list if they've been paying attention for the mm-hmm. past, especially the last quarter worth of uh, podcasts. But just to make sure you are ready... As can be. Okay, so number one is just what Tim was talking about, your treasure map. Specifically, in the treasure map, making sure you've got your finances worked out, you've done your goals in five areas of life, you know what your magic number is, and you know where your business will come from.
1: You know, your sub point here really should be drilled down before we get to these points, don't you think? That's fine. So Julie wrote down before that, she wrote down, deck out your office, your Zoom room, your space, and plan for success. And maybe the first thing for you to do is go to Home Depot and get some of those big contractor-sized garbage bags (laughs) and go back home and essentially purge your office of anything that's from the past. And because if, you know, and this is something we all do, right? If your office is filled with trophies, if awards, plaques, or just piles and piles of junk.
2: Piles of files.
1: It is an absolute mirror of what's going on in your subconscious mind. And it's going to cloud your ability to think clearly and think about, um, essentially, the people you can be helping and the opportunity that this year going into, we think it's going to be the next five years, it's going to be one of the biggest real estate uh, opportunities for uh, at least for the United States, but probably for the most of the world that we've ever seen before. So you are in the right place at the right time. So start by. Uh, starting fresh, so consider doing a whole office purge, and maybe while you're at it, since you whole, bought a whole box of contractor garbage bags, you should then uh, consider doing the rest of your house. I mean, yes. we we do that every year, that's right. and it's not always easy. You well, know. you
2: can you know the thing is you can donate a lot of stuff that's still yep. good. That that's a good thing to do, and some of it does need to be thrown out, especially you know you guys don't have to keep old. I know a lot of it's on DocuSign now but you don't need to keep all that old crap from years back. You don't need to do that. That's all digitally saved and your broker has copies of everything. So, you know, consider just throwing it all out. Also, you might consider getting rid of your chairs and going to stand up desks. That'll give you some more um, space to walk around in. You should have cordless headsets. Your equipment should be good. You shouldn't be using, you know, an Apple IIe from 1987 or whatever. whatever yeah. You know, upgrade, upgrade your stuff, okay? And by the way, those of you who have PPP uh, money, it's okay to have capital expenditure on equipment. So there you that go. Was on the list. Nice you know, tie now, you, now you have an excuse.
1: Nice tie into yesterday's podcast, Indeed. Julie. Thank you. And uh, just if you want to take this idea to the next uh, next level, um, what we've you know we've done this. We've been married for thirty years this year, mm-hmm. and Julie and I have moved intentionally about every six or seven years, and we do that obviously to keep ourselves from becoming complacent. Because it's so easy just to essentially start living. Uh, you know, if every day you walk in your house, it's a time capsule. Time capsule represents what was. You know, you be putting yourself into a place like what's going to be. I remember I was talking to Brad Inman. You guys know him from Inman News. And I was talking to him about travel he loves to travel. Julie and I, well, I mean, (laughs) we call it PZ, pre Zoe. We used to travel all the time and I was telling Brad that, you know, about a trip Julie and I had had, uh, to Italy or I don't remember what, and he told me he doesn't like to travel to, um, you know, the places that Julie and I like, the historical places. He likes to travel to the new cities, what's coming. And he rattled off some experiences that he had in a lot of Asian countries and, you know, Dubai and things like that. And he really made me jones to go to some of those and we still have yet to go there, but those experiences, it, I got where he, what he was saying. If you're spending so much time essentially exploring history and exploring what was, you're going to not have enough mental you know, strength to be focusing on what could be. And this year for all of you is all about what could be. And that's the reason you need to get, get your real estate treasure map done. Text 2021 to 855-685-1045.
2: Yes. So that was the first point. No excuse. We're giving you the treasure map. And if you are a premier coaching member, you've got that in your fundamentals section if you've done it two or three years in a row, you need to dust it off, update it, change your goals and get in—you know—get into action here. So specifically in the treasure map, you know, you, I want you to do the whole thing, but what you wanna have at your fingertips and basically memorized are what your goals are, <clears throat> excuse me, your magic number, that's how many listings you need to have at all times. And of course, where is that business going to come from? And we'll talk about that in a second. So point number two, whiteboards. Why do you cover your walls in whiteboards? Your whiteboards are there to chronologically track. Think of how a transaction travels through time. First, it's a lead, so you have a leads board. Then you have a listing board. That should be the number of listings that your magic number calls for. If you've gotta have 10 listings at all times, you have one through 10 on your active listing boards. Then you take it off the listing board. When it sells, it goes to pendings and then close transactions. So on your closed transaction whiteboard, if your goal was 36 transactions, you're going to write right now, one through 36 and fill it in as they close.
1: Well, this is all listed out exactly. This is what all they very specific. Well, in the treasure map, in right? In the treasure map, so the, yeah. In the treasure map, what we're telling you to do is exactly how to set up your office with these whiteboards. And again, that's free. So make sure you download it. Uh, text 2021 to 855-685-1045. Um, and they reason, so dry dry race boards, yes. that's a real basic thing, right? But it's
2: so huge.
1: It is. And and why is it so huge, okay. head coach Julie?
2: Well, okay. So I, I never would run a real estate practice without whiteboards. I or think any you, business, you, probably. Any business. You, you get so off track. These are, I like it because when you set this up properly and you walk into your office and your whiteboards are looking at you, you're looking at our whiteboards right now. I am. Okay. Instead of feeling like, gosh, I don't know what I should do today, or... I've got to put out fires or, you know, you get keeps you on track. It keeps you on track. So for example, let's say that you have to have 10 listings at all times and you look at your board and there's only three. It's fairly obvious what you need to be doing with your time because then what are you going to look at? Your leads board and you're going to see who on my leads board can I turn into a listing today?
1: So we set this up originally when Julie and I sold real estate and we had, like Julie just said, we had a listings board and then we had essentially a transactions board. Um, On the transactions board, you know, sellers were red, buyers were blue, and we kept track of all the things that were relevant, right? The address, the sale price, the commission, the source of the lead. And th- we did this and you know we did this online too but mostly we were doing this on the dry erase boards but here so I'll tell you how this translates to a, a coaching session I had a, a lady Kim um, hired us as her, uh, our coach you know her coach and her issue and it was a nice problem to have is she was always doing like 75 units if I remember correctly per year and she had a good sale price too so this was pretty impressive and she always did 75 never could do more than 75 was just anguish to her why can't I do more than 75 stuck She was stuck, and it was like she was wondering was something's broke. So um, first of all, she didn't use dry erase board, so I got her to get a a listings uh, dry erase board. And then I had her number, the listing, I figured out what her magic number was, um, and I think for her it was 20, but don't get stuck on that, here's what matters. On the other dry erase board, the closings board, I had her take a permanent marker on the dry erase board, and I had her write one through whatever her goal was, which I think was just, it was 100, basically. That was our goal to sell 100 houses in a year, so I had to write one through 100 on the dry erase board. And then even when she came into her office feeling all celebratory because she just sold a house, maybe she was, you know, selling or over-celebrating and wasn't getting back to work fast enough. But she looked at that dry erase board and realized how many more um, houses she had to sell to accomplish her goal. And one year she sold 100 houses. In in other words, she increased her production by that 25. And it was all psychological because it it wasn't hiding from her. And the problem that we do, all of us do this, um, is that we'll start using, you know, technology, apps and whatnot. We'll put all of our to-do lists on apps mm-hmm. we'll put all of our goals on apps that's not a good place to do it you got to put everything out in the open so you see it every day that way and you walk into your office right and your office is supposed to be it doesn't have to be big ours certainly isn't we've never had you know julie and i you know working together for 20 plus years we've always had small offices and why have small offices because we don't want it to be particularly comfortable we want the office. To You're be supposed for, to
2: be efficient when you show up, right? We
1: don't want it to be someplace we want. To, it's like a gym in here, basically, right? No. We want it to be someplace we don't want to spend too much time in. We want to get our work done, then we want to get out. I'm not going to say this is like a deluxe, um, you know, <laughs> prison cell, but I imagine. What do you think the dimensions of this room are? If you had to guess, small. Small. Just <laughs> it's not small. small. It's small. And we're small people and it feels small. Yes. That's right. <laughs> yeah, but, well, well,
2: but the point is that you need your office to tell you what to do. Now, I know you can do it on a spreadsheet. Duh. Okay. We know there's all kinds of apps to track all kinds of stuff, but that's called out of sight, out of mind. Mm-hmm. And literally on the Premier Coaching website, all of the different stuff that goes with this, it's called whiteboards and visual accountability. That's what it is. It's visual accountability, right? So let's say that I'm i am feeling all you know joyous because I've got my 10 listings. I got one through 10, they're all active, it's awesome. Okay, but two weeks go by and my pendings are disappearing. Their stuff's closing. Now my pendings board is looking a little right. bit naked, right? So that makes me look at my listings. Maybe I've taken some unmotivated overpriced listings that I shouldn't even have. And maybe I don't really have ten active listings. I've got two poser listings and eight real listings. That's
1: well nowadays I don't think there is such a thing Not as a so poser much, listing. No. You you could list a <laughs> fleet you could li- literally list a doghouse and it's probably well, gonna get multiple offers on there There's it.
2: there's still I mean there's still Here aspirational there. pricing that yeah. causes expireds, for example. But uh, but my point is the same. Okay, so let's say in reverse, I've got tons of pendings. I mean, I am so busy, I am closing things right and left, I got more pendings than I've ever had before, but that's because my listings board is now empty. Mm -hmm. You see how whatever's going on the other boards will tell you what your weakness is.
1: And just tying all this in, who, who you guys who have been listening to us for a while and you've done your treasure map. So your listings board, if you've done your treasure map, you'll know, is supposed to be the number of listings you need at all times to meet or exceed your uh, monthly y- your, your monthly goals. And, and again, this is all listed out and helps you figure out all this math in the real estate treasure map. But that is your magic number. So your magic number is the number of listings you need at all times. So whatever that number is, it might be five, it might be 50 um whatever you know 50 if your sale price is not very high and your goals are really high then you're going to need more listings at all times so those all you know that's basically how you set up your listings board but it is accountability and you are going to stare back at it. And it is going to stare back at you. And when you have a bad day and you're feeling like wallowing too long and going on a bunch of Facebook groups and you know looking to toil away for next ten hours, well, those boards are going to be staring at you the whole time, reminding you what you're trying to accomplish. And look, we're advocates for doing dream boards. If you want to do that as well, um, you know, if you want to go and uh, cut out pictures from magazines or obviously from the internet or whatnot, what you're hoping to accomplish in the five areas of life, this is all very clearly laid out for you in the real estate treasure map. So make sure you download that. Point number three, Julie Harris. Yes.
2: Okay. So here's some introspection that you need to do. What did you do well in 2020? Now, those of you who had a really kick-ass year and are healthy and, you know, it's almost like we all feel like we made it out alive. It wasn't that by itself. Certain days it was like that. Yeah. Okay. So I get that. But, you know, in terms of your real estate practice, what did you do really well? I know from reading a lot of the agent boards and, of course, my 9 billion coaching calls that a lot of agents would say, you know what? I started actually answering my phone. I stopped sending everybody to voicemail. I stopped double filtering everyone. I answered my phone. A lot of them did better with their database. A lot of them actually expanded their center of influence, even through Zoom calls and things of that nature. Um, Some of them were pursuing things like getting really great at expireds. I can see that from our, you know, from Premier Coaching, because the questions I get when they're actually doing it are different than when they're getting ready to get started to someday think about it. Right. Um, So what did you do really well in twenty? Uh, 2020. One of the reasons we asked that as a coach is because if that worked for you, lead generation wise, do more of it because 20, it worked.
1: 2020 will obviously go down as, you know, essentially one of these uh it'll be a a bunch of bifurcated memories for most people right so some of them are going to remember it prominently by all the hardship and the first global pandemic that you know hit civilization since you know you could argue since the plague but that wasn't really in europe wasn't global but this one certainly was so maybe it's the first global pandemic period right so um so it'll be that and then the flip side to it will be as some of you guys had um because of your fear frankly a lot of you were so shocked by what was happening, and then you had second quarter, which kind of fell on its face for most of you, and you guys were not prepared for any of that to happen financially, emotionally, spiritually, educationally. You just weren't prepared. I saw, to Julie's point, I saw some of you were able to essentially compress what would have been, you know, two or three or five years worth of learning and evolving, you know, professionally mm-hmm. and personally, into baby basically eight months. And you did yeah. that out of fear. You but did. They had
2: th- a technological renaissance.
1: Personally. They did. Yeah, they and did. It-
2: you know, yes, maybe that was forced upon you, but you did it. And and I think that that's a good habit. I feel like that, you know, we took some of our stuff, you know, different direction, Facebook Live stuff that we're right. doing, for example. Well, everything We
1: took everything in different yeah. directions. And but, so, we were, yeah. but, but we were already 100% online.
2: Well, that's right. And as That's another reason we like eXp is because they are too. But right. my point is that it doesn't really matter the reason that you were made to have to adapt quickly. The fact is that you did it. And I want you when we ask what did you do well in twenty twenty, it's so that you can keep those habits. Right. You know, maybe twenty twenty one, hopefully, you're not going to be made to do those things, but now you have the habit of quickly adapting and adopting and being flexible.
1: If this if this concept is a little bit too opaque for you, make it more practical. Look to see the transactions you closed this uh, last year and ask where those, th- what the true source of that business was. And I want you to be very, very careful that you're really drilling down on where your business comes from and you're not just fooling yourself into thinking, for example, it came from those postcards or, for example, it came from social networking. Just because – and uh, Julie and I learned this by accident – you can ask somebody why, you know, they ended up why did they choose you or and that's actually not even the right question. Why did they call you to out for the job of, you know, being, I'm sorry, for the opportunity interview for the job of listing their home or that type of thing. Why are they choosing you? Why is it that they're pointed in your direction and giving you the opportunity? When you ask that question, the first answer people are going to give you is almost always not really the reason that they reached out to you. It's always going to be uh, where you ask that question on the second go around. And we experienced this numerous times in our own coaching business. And what you'll again discover is most people, if you're not being a proactive lead generator, most people are not reacting to anything that remotely resembles an ad, and that would be social networking as well. They're discovering you from your past success, usually in their own neighborhood. That means a sign. That means a neighbor whose house you sold or a neighbor who helped, you know, you maybe helped them buy a house, that type of thing. Someone they, you know, that type of thing is how people are going to usually uh, start their um, relationship with you. Because remember, this: the research has been done many, 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 many times. When people are going about making a decision who they're going to hire to be a service provider, And Julie, Julie, do you remember these percentages?
2: Uh, roughly, I might
1: be off by a point or two. Okay, so most people were when you're trying to go through the filters of who you're going to hire for the job of performing any kind of service for you, or sometimes even a product. The first thing you're going to ask yourself is, do I know anybody that has, you know, essentially performed this service for me before? Like we just put a roof on one of our rental properties, and we went first. Do we know someone who's done roofing for us before in Columbus, Ohio? And we did, and guess who we used? That person. Now, had we not known somebody who um, had, you know, replaced roofs before we didn't have a connection in Columbus, Ohio, what would we then do? And what would you do? You would ask a referral from a trusted friend or advisor. So you, mm-hmm. who, do, who do you know? If nobody, then you ask for a referral from a trusted friend or advisor. And only then do you respond to advertising. And that includes social. And so the percentages of people that actually choose who they're going to do business with based on social is, and based on advertising, postcards, any kind of ads is De- depending on what you read when this research is done, it's always less than 10%, mm-hmm. but it's usually like 6 or 7%. In other words, nobody basically is going about hiring people based on um, the things that you guys are being told you need to be spending all your time doing. People are hiring people based on past performance, right? But they're also hiring people based on who they see in the neighborhood who's actually successful selling homes. And the best way for you to become that agent is to focus all your best energies on becoming a listing agent. And the best way for you to become a a listing agent, just be a proactive lead generator. So again, I'm learning all these conversations. I'm listening to all the stress and the struggles you guys are creating for yourselves by spending all your time on really what in essence is they are things that you should consider doing maybe someday in your real estate business, but not the things that you should be doing. Frankly, when you're starting out, or even when you're wanting to grow your business. So when you're wanting to grow your business, or again, if you're starting out, don't be thinking about branding. Don't be thinking about all these things that people are telling you to think about. Think about your skill set and thinking about getting in front of as many sellers as fast as you can. Don't believe that you have to basically toil away with a bunch of buyers in a market like this one. You're going to frustrate yourself and burn yourself out because there's going to be a, you know, obviously a lack of inventory. So do, you know, obviously when you're getting started or when you're wanting to. Grow grow your business and you're ready to get momentum back in your business for this year, you got to work the opportunities you're given. But beyond that, do not be fooled into putting your best energies every every single day uh, towards anything other than proactive lead generation towards listings because that's going to put money in your pocket and that is going to be how you're going to have a reputation. That's you know, people conflate the word reputation and brand. What you want is a really great reputation reputation for actually helping people, solving people's problems. You know, here's a I heard this yesterday, it's so true. The, you know, think of money in general as essentially an award certificate, right? So the more more people you help, the more you know people you help solve their problems, the more more award certificates you get, right? Just I like, like that. in, That's in your good. in your real estate, uh, uh, Rabbi Raven or something said that. So if you think of your own office, when you have plaques and, and you know things like that, it's they're from the past performance. Well, the amount of money you have is from past performance from helping people. So if you don't have a lot of money. Learn to help more
2: people. (laughs) And you'll get
1: more award certificates that, you know, it's called money.
2: Well, your best advertising ever is a sold sign.
1: Yeah, definitely. Always And I I think they forget
2: that. So yes, become a listing agent. So point number four, what do you wish you had done better last year? Right. What do you wish to correct? Now, sometimes that was something that was on your to-do list that actually ended up being irrelevant and you can just let it go. Sometimes it was something as simple as, you never talk to your past clients. You've never done that. I was
1: about to say that. That's the number that's one the number thing. One. Well, here here's the two things that everyone's, well, three things, right? Mm-hmm. And, and no particular order. Number one thing that everyone's pretty much terrible at is furiously fast lead follow up. Yep. I think that's chapter four or something in our mm-hmm. book, right? Our mm-hmm. book's called Harris Rules. And thank you for the, you know, what is it, 430 of you that have given us a five star review. So, first of all, you're going to have a furiously fast lead follow up. They yep. can all get better at that. And Absolutely. that's a secret sauce right there. I'm, I thought I've Uh, fourth point. Number two is having massive amounts of energy and enthusiasm will actually compensate for any uh, skills uh, issue or, you know, skills dearth, basically. So if you have massive amounts of energy and enthusiasm, that's going to win the day nine times out of 10, even if you're learning on the job. You know how I know that? Because (laughs) it worked
2: for us. Because it worked for us. (laughs) Our
1: first year in the business when we were in our early 20s and looked like we were probably about 17. Well, I know we did because everyone told us that. (laughs) Yeah. That we... um, You know, basically, we didn't know what we were doing. We had people that would hire us and they specifically say they're hiring us because we had so much energy and enthusiasm. We had people telling us that. And so and we didn't have a system. We didn't have scripts. We figured it all out all along the way. And you guys can do the same thing. Um so really that's number point number 2 point number 3 uh that all you know Julie mentioned centers of influence and <laughs> in, uh, past clients. Yeah. That's definitely something that people are you know terrible at following up with and they overcomplicate their systems. Mm-hmm. We've done a series of podcasts and it's also part of our premier coaching program. Your centers of influence and past client system. You frankly do not need to be spend, spending any money on it. You do not need to be building you know, complicated CRMs. It can just be simple phone calls, and we give you all the simple scripts that anybody can use. Totally unobtrusive, t- totally unsellsy. They're in the premier coaching program, and that's what we want you to do on a scheduled basis. So that's the next thing that all of you guys are uh, guilty of. And I don't remember the fourth point. Okay, it'll come to you. Do you remember it? Well, you, we always, no, no, these are the usually, same thing, I, I mean, lead follow-up, yeah. right? They're furiously fast lead follow-up. Yeah. Point number two was? Energy and enthusiasm. Energy enthusiasm. Point number three is centers of influence on past clients. So yep. when you ask, what are the other, what's the other thing agents typically do? that they do well I mean there's the obvious there's one right
2: I mean they're terrible at scheduling for one thing the time management is awful
1: but all those things revolve around yeah. the same thing which is sure. being a proactively generator yep. right they're they're spending and you know Julie's you know she's her point three and four were similar what are the things you wish you would have done better well here's the thing is a lot of you guys are spending time there's an old saying that I, I love saying this because it always ruffles feathers but there's a going there's a difference between quitting and quitting while you're ahead right and the hard part when you're uh, not an experienced business person is when you start following, down, following a path and you, you're staying on this path with the belief that someday it's going to pay off for you. And I can think of lots of marketing things that fall into this bucket. And every time you start questioning whether you should be on this path, the person selling you into that path is always going to tell you the same thing. So what are they going to say? The
2: first person, follow, keep on, you so, have to do some, more of it. Some,
1: right. They're going to say, keep doing it. You yeah. haven't been doing long enough. That's yeah. what they're going to say. Always. They're never going to say, okay, well, you you know, they're, they're going to say mail more postcards. They're going to say, well, you should, you know, you should increase your social spend. Have you, have you decided to take the postcards and start doing, you know, different ads on different... It's, it's
2: always you haven't done it long enough right. or you're not doing in, uh, enough number of something. Doesn't
1: that make you guys mad when you hear that? They should just
2: say it sucks, don't do it.
1: Right, but they're trying. They're in the business of They'll selling sell you yeah. silver bullets. They're not necessarily in the business of producing results for you. And the only results that you ever get that are meaningful in life are the ones that are skills-based. Look, you might fall into transactions from doing the passive stuff, but our suggestion is, and we're getting to the spokes thing here, is it on this list?
2: We're, we'll circle back to okay.
1: it. Okay, at the end of the day, there is obviously space in your business for some of the passive stuff. But don't do it first. You've got to be doing the proactive lead generation first because that's going to force you into having a better skill set. That's going to force you how to learn how to go after uh, listings. And don't also waste all your time trying to work on your mindset before you get into action. Yeah. Because yeah. here's the greatest mindset. I'm not a fan of this word, but greatest mindset hack ever. Here it is. Get into action. Work on your skill set because along the way when you're helping people and you're making money, your mindset will automatically be powerful. You do not need to work on your mindset endlessly, worrying about imposter syndrome and worrying about all these other things I see you guys talking about. Just work on your skill set. Go out and take some listings like we show you how to do in our coaching program. And I promise you, you're going to have a very powerful mindset. And every time you start feeling crappy, here's your – here's your. uh, here's your Prozac. Ready? Take a listing. That's I it. I always
2: hear Rory's voice. I know. That's where I got
1: it from. Rory, our first broker.
2: He always would He would say, I don't care what you're worried about, what you're upset about. Just go take a new listing. See, so come back and tell me how you feel then. Yep. It was always take a listing or sell a listing. And that's how we talked you. How are you going to feel? And then he goes storming off. That was like the best coaching ever.
1: It was. And it was, it was our broker for our first year. And when we'd have something go south, he basically just and if It was something we had I mean remember We had to buy our microwave And all those silly things Because it didn't get written Into the contract Mickey Mouse rookie mistakes Dumb stuff And here's here's Rory's line Well you won't do that one again How much did that cost that's you? That's the other thing <laughs> How much did that one cost you? That was an expensive lesson mm-hmm. You know And then if we were having A bad day Or you know Just off kilter He'd say Go take a listing And that would be The end of the conversation
2: Yep <laughs> I know There were so many Good Rory things At the time I don't think we appreciated like we do now you know, I like I remember I remember we were all getting all full of ourselves cuz we took like three listings in a row. Yeah. And instead of him being like, "Woohoo, you guys rock." He goes, "Well, obviously you're not going on enough appointments if you're taking all of them." That's what he said. And we we're like, <laughs> You, we didn't have WTF back then, but had we? <laughs> I would
1: have been like, what? WTF wasn't even something was, people said. It wasn't said. invented yet. Yeah. So. But that was funny. But that again, that's the truth, right? Yeah. But we, we were uh, tuned in enough to realize that we have, if we could have a bunch of little Tim and Julie billboards all over mm-hmm. our know, community, i.e. for sale signs, that that was going to generate more business for free. And we weren't distracted yeah. by all the things you guys are distracted by and guess what the thing that will always make you successful is being a listing agent and having all those little billboards with your name all over it all over a community And, and again so much of your effort and your time is spent chasing and buying and generating and worrying about buyer leads people please for the love of god listen to me Buyer leads are the easiest things to get ever, especially in a market like this. Here's the secret to get a buyer lead. Ready for it? Take a listing and you'll have to beat the buyers off of the stick. By the way, that was something else we learned from Roy. I know. All right. You're writing me up. No, you want to do the last three points tomorrow? Yeah. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. Okay. You don't want to do one more point?
2: Then we'll only have two for tomorrow.
1: All right. So we'll do the last three points tomorrow. Yeah. You're not having fun today? No, I am.
2: I am. I'm looking at the schedule though, but yes. But uh, yeah, I think I could write a book about like each chapter is a Rory saying. Yeah. Because it really, you know, that that was a great North Star for us back then. And, you know, we definitely appreciate Rory, some of this. Rory's
1: ones. don't exist anymore. Because a, a, so. Rory's, a Rory's approach, or really frankly what our mm-hmm. approach is, which obviously he's woven into our, you know, coaching DNA, because Julie, that was basically 25, yeah. 26 yeah. years ago. Um, but the reality of it is, is that uh, there's no people who are plainly, plain spoken and tell the truth and are practical and tactical are sometimes like, uh, Minimize, and I get this. We get this, right? Mm-hmm. You know, people don't understand us. We've been on um, speaking things before, or we've been on different Zoom things, and people don't even know how to, in- to introduce yeah. us, yeah. right? They're like, "Well, we," because they always like to say something catchy or something trendy. Well, this is so and so, and they are social networking or YouTube video and all this stuff. And like sometimes, I, I I was so burned out on Zooms last year, and we were doing so many of these little, you know, yeah. mastermind things in front of groups of people on Zoom. And then I got so frustrated. I mean, I got frustrated. I should have taken a break, but I didn't. And I remember asking all of them, um, you know, everyone's polite and jovial and all the rest of it. And, you know, I probably took it too far. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> but what I said is, what's the point of all the things you guys are going to talk about today? I said, what's the point? Why are you doing the social yeah. networking? Why are you doing the branding? Why are you doing the postcards? Why are you spending all this money at, to buy leads? Why are you doing the team? Why are you, What's the point? Why are you? Do, why are you doing it? And none of them had a solid answer. And, and so that's the thing that really, uh, frankly, it made me extra proud of us, if you want to know the truth, yep. because none of them were essentially, guys, listen, you you only live one life, right? You, 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 you live once and you're dead a real long time. So if you're going to be running a business, you have to be keeping in mind that your ultimate product is profit. Your product is profit. And yes, for you to have profit, you have to have the answers that they gave, which were, you know, happy customers and houses sold Clients and all life. and sort of all the emotional yeah. aspects of being successful, which is what their motivation was. They were in pursuit of the emotional high that comes from basically transacting and feeling successful. But what I was suggesting to them, and what I suggest to all of you, Julie and I talk about this in our book, we talk about this in everything we do, have your North Star be profit. Profit is the ultimate litmus test to whether or not you're actually helping people. Profit is the ultimate litmus test as to whether or not you're actually a successful business person. Profit is the ultimate litmus test as to whether or not you've actually learned to sort of master the art and science of doing what you don't want to do and you don't want to do at the highest level. And if you can't, if you're not going to be running a profit-focused business, guess what's going to happen? You're not going to make any profit and you're not going to have anything to show for your efforts in life. Other than basically a bunch of plaques and awards, which are fungible. Plaques and awards are given out everywhere for just, you know, they're participation trophies in real estate. So I'm always suggesting that as you approach this new year, you really have your head screwed on straight of why you're spending so much time at it. And look, I get some of you guys get so much, and I'm not being critical, I'm really not with this. You get so much ego satisfaction. Maybe some of you are being made to feel more important, more successful, more all these emotions that you've never, maybe never felt before, haven't felt in a long time. It's an absolute sort of rush of um, affirmation and acceptance and just recognition, all these emotions, right? But I promise you all of that stuff, all those things, all those emotions, they run thin. They come and go really, really fast. And the thing that you're going to be most proud of is yes, help, having helped a lot of people accomplish their goals, but it's also going to be the profit you made from the business and the life that you're able to give to yourself and your loved ones. And when I was asking on those Zoom meetings, And I was asking all these other, and I'm asking all of you, before you decide what you're going to double down on for this year, before you're going to decide what you're going to spend your time on and your effort in, and frankly, your money on, you've got to ask yourself, why are you doing it? What's your goal? What truly is your goal? You can't say, Tim, my goal is to sell houses, okay? All right, fine. If that's what you're going to answer, it's going to be great. You don't, you know, sell houses, more units, more volume. I sold $40 million last year. I sold, you know, 300 houses last year. I love that. I respect that. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. But what do you have to show for it? What was your profit? And I'll tell you what the punchline to all this is. When those, you know, essentially people climb up that ladder and they realize that they've gotten all the accolades and recognition they ever could have dreamed of, then they're looking at the fact that they haven't changed their net worth. They haven't actually increased their financial position in life. They're still a couple bad months away from financial oblivion. That's when they hire Julie and I. When they're done with the flashy ideas, when they're done with the whiz-bang video concepts, when they're done with all the ego stuff, when they're done spending all their time on all the things that all of you are are being told you're supposed to be focusing on, then they say, you know what, I've been in this business for five years, for ten years. I've got a big team. I've got a big brokerage. I want to learn now how to make a profit. And it's okay for you to ask. But you've got to really be honest with yourself. What is your, you know, what is the thing that you're judging your success by? Is it other people's acknowledgement and recognition? Don't you realize that that's just that comes and goes, that's fungible? Make what you're going to be most proud of, how you were able to essentially, yes, help a lot of people, but also make a lot of profit because the profit is the ultimate award certificate, right? Amen. I mean, that's it. That's it. So do seriously consider that as your. That's p- how you
2: know how you're doing.
1: That is it. I mean, really. But it's not a conversation. You know. It, no,
2: I know it's not a common com- conversation. People
1: are uncomfortable with it. We are. We are yeah. at dinner, uh, Sunday night or Saturday night, with a group of very successful real estate people from mm-hmm. EXP Realty. Right. Mm-hmm. No names will be mentioned. Nope. And I remember listening to the conversations and a lot of them were legitimately uncomfortable talking about money yeah and they were they they were um they thought that for them to have a financial conversation or talking about money that somehow meant that they didn't care about people right so I was listening yeah. to them edit what they were saying so that the person who is listening to them would understand that they're not profit-driven. But what they don't understand yeah. is being profit-driven means you have to care about people. Otherwise, A, you won't have any deals, and B, you right. won't have any profit.
2: Well, people have a great filter. Right. If you're not taking good care of them, they won't use you. They won't recommend right. you. You will go away.
1: But why is that, Julie? Why yeah. socially is profit in itself something that's a taboo? Why is money yeah, no. in general?
2: And I, I think it's gotten worse, actually. Lately. It, you know, I don't,
1: it's not true for everyone, though. That's what no, I've noticed.
2: I don't know. I, I think it's because, by and large, nobody really gets any financial education what, whatsoever coming up, which I think is a big mistake. You know, I mean, look at Dave Ramsey does a great job of the financial education piece, but that should be in, like, sixth grade. It's lack of exposure is what it's you're It's lack saying. of exposure. Right. It's lack of education. And so... If you don't, it's, uh, what it's is the, the saying, uh, knowledge equals confidence, ignorance equals fear. So if you, if you don't have a lot of that, uh, you know, understanding, then you have a fear of it. Right. You have a fear of like, I'm not sure how to talk about that or how somebody's going to judge me talking about that. But why this would fear you, of the unknown?
1: If you're running a nonprofit, that's great, right? 5013C or whatever, that's fine. But if you're running a business with the idea of making a profit, and you shudder at the idea of essentially benchmarking yourself based on your profit margin, okay? If that's something yeah. that you find repulsive or repugnant or somehow not in alignment with your mm-hmm. core value set, why? Why is that?
2: I don't know. I I think I mean from a coaching perspective, one my first thought was. Um, lack of business maturity, not really understanding what the point of your business is. I I have a theory. It's
1: because a lot of people have been so brainwashed into thinking Mm -hmm. that somehow uh, being profit driven or being focused as, you know, as, it makes you evil. It makes you evil. Right. Yeah. That's what it is. And it's all a subconscious thing. Mm-hmm. People would never admit that. Mm-hmm. But if you run across, like we knew, um, when, you know, like before we got into real estate, right? Mm-hmm. And this was a long damn time ago at this point, right? <laughs> 30 years, yeah. Ooh, 30, more than 30 years. We had a car cleaning and detailing business and we had in Columbus, some of the most successful people in Columbus and several of them were cardiac, uh, surgeons, are heart surgeons. And these surgeons always had really nice cars and really nice houses. Well, and if you're going to
2: detail cars for a living, you want to have this kind of clientele, right?
1: But I remember thinking, I remember mm-hmm. carrying my lower middle class, you know, maybe you know, marginal poor attitude into some of these relationships, and I re- I remember r- realizing very quickly that the reason that doctor whoever had that particular you know whatever is because of the fact that he's saving a lot of people's lives, and yes. he took the time to become a really kick-ass cardiac surgeon. Mm-hmm. And then as we got older, and we and we got more more and more exposure. So this is the thing, I this was that the this blessing is, of our yeah, detail business. I think you're right. And we got more and more exposure to more and more, you know, back before real estate, back when we were in high school and college, right? Mm-hmm. We got exposure to more and more very wealthy people and, you know, maybe upper middle class people in Columbus. Um, we always found them to be incredibly nice, incredibly, yes. um generous, you know, generous financially, and with their time. With their time. and every, Well, yeah.
2: I think you're right because most people, I think we were very blessed with that and I would attribute a lot of our business thinking and success to that early, without knowing it, okay, that early exposure to not just wealthy people or successful entrepreneurs, but all that's true. And they're also really nice people. So that kind of erased any pre-programming that maybe that's wealthy the, people are jerks right, or that's that the they didn't earn journey. it. It was given right. to them, blah, blah, blah. More
1: money, make, uh, more problems, and basically rich people sayings. are evil.
2: But, but It wasn't know, when, like
1: that at all. Not at all. Yeah.
2: I mean, and they, I mean, they invited us to some incredible parties. They did. And,
1: they would go out know. of their way to help us.
2: Yeah, it was and we, awesome.
1: And we were just the hired help.
2: I know, but they didn't treat us like that.
1: No, and they didn't treat anybody yeah. like that. No. And so that was a great education for us. That was exposure into realizing. And then, like, as you got to know some of these people, and I remember, like, Les Wexner, mm-hmm. who's a billionaire, <clears> who started <throat> The Limited, who started, you know, he's been in the news for some unsavory reasons most recently, but that aside, really great customer, always was, you know, took care of us, never was disrespectful. Just the whole experience was fantastic. But what did he do? So you're thinking, well, he started the limited, he owned, you know, White Barn Candle Company and Victoria's Secret and all these other like gazillions of retail brands. Bath and Body,
2: Abercrombie, Victoria's Secret, all that stuff. Okay.
1: And he's a billionaire and he has got like the largest Ferrari collection in the world and estates all over the world. Just an incredible... You know, and he's donated so much money in Columbus, Ohio. Basically, you can't even drive 15 minutes without coming across some building that Wexner built for some hospital or some church like or Art just, center. It's incredible. So, um, but the the th- interesting thing is, well, why is he so wealthy? He's so wealthy because he created wealth for other people. He's so wealthy because he created value for other people. Yeah. And it could just be, you know.
2: He has a better mousetrap.
1: Right. Well, he created the outdoor shopping mall. Yeah. You know, he know, created all those those retail brands. How about
2: New Albany Country Club?
1: Right. He created so much abundance for other people. How about the people that bought a stock and become became yeah. rich? You know, you look at all these. Uh, and yet the attitude that some people would have was rich is evil. Yeah. Doesn't make sense. And sometimes you're going, and you guys are listening to the points we're making, you're making your plans. I promise you the quickest way to see through your own BS is to drill down and realize that you should be running a profit-minded, profit-focused business, profit-first business, not profit with whatever might be left over someday. Mm -hmm. Because then what's going to happen is you're going to become a very discerning uh, consumer of all the mostly you know, crapola that you guys are considering buying to build your business. You're going to stop spending 90% of your time looking for silver bullets. And you're going to then start spending 90% of your time being and earning the right to be the person that the seller wants to hire to help solve their problems uh, selling the house. That is a major mindset shift that if you, frankly, I don't know how you can have a sustainable real estate business or any business at all, unless you adopt that mindset. Successful people in real estate Well, you know, that's mostly the people we're around. They have adopted that mindset, even if they can't verbalize it like I just did. But that is the essence of why they're successful. If I I had, you know, if we're doing a Zoom right now with, you know, 15 agents who sold $100 million uh, last year and I asked them, they would all have their own version of what I just said, but they asked the essence of it. The more people you help accomplish their goals, the more of your goals you're going to be able to accomplish yourself. It's that simple. So don't
2: service mindset.
1: Right. So don't struggle with the idea that you're driven, that you're creating a profit-driven business. Don't slow down. Think big. Julie's writing me a note. Going to camp. Oh, you're taking Zoe to camp. Yes. Okay. So we need to end.
2: Well, you can wrap it. Then oh no, I'm good. good.
1: That's I'm good. I I I feel vindicated. I feel like we did a good job. I feel like we gave these guys their
2: something to chew on.
1: Yes, exactly. So we're gonna pick up tomorrow, tomorrow. where we left off today. Um, In the meantime, if you need to to get a hold of us, always text us at 512-758-0206. Your homework, of course, is going to be download the Real Estate Treasure Map. Text 2021 to 855-685-1045. Text 2021 to 855-685-1045. And if you've not purchased our book, Harris Rules, um. Uh, you can get an audible book, and obviously, book format. It's also on Kindle. It's available at Amazon, Barnes and Noble. And please, please, please do continue to send me pictures of the book in your local bookstore. Julie and I always get a chuckle out of that, even though the book came out last June. Was it June 19? I think so. So, it was, Julie, it's not been last June. Last June would have been June twenty. No,
2: it's- yeah,
1: that's why I'm doing the books this year. <laughs> that's right, Julie's writing four new books this year, listeners. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we saw it in Amazon or in Barnes and Noble for the first time. We still get a thrill every time we see it. We're walking through airports and we see it. It's a big deal for us. And we're just a couple nerds from Columbus, Ohio, for God's sake. You especially. Oh wow, <laughs> she just said me especially. But fortunately, I don't think you guys could hear it because she took her mic off. Yeah. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day, and we'll talk to you on the show tomorrow.